All right, here we go. Week three of WTF. And if you're here for the first time, you're like, WTF, what are you talking about? It's cause it stands for where's the fun? Everybody, everybody say, where's the fun? Come on, say it again. Where's the fun? All right, we're going to do three, week three of this, close out this series. I'm, I've loved doing this, this series in, in these last three weeks. Hey, before I get into today, I want to remind you, you saw about the Halloween. Uh, thousands of people come up and down the halls. We give candy to kids and love on them in the name of Jesus. You can participate in that with giving candy and with, with adopting a table. Uh, also, tonight, Fields of Faith, the worship team is going to be there and get to speak. It's going to be great. So, and then next week, I want to give you a special invite. Next week, uh, we're going to be doing something we haven't done in a long time, and we're just calling it Vision Sunday. And so as we, you know, this last year has been a whirlwind for us. We, we've bought a big old building and been in the midst of fundraising and, and uh, you know, talking about moving one of these days. And everybody's asking, when's that happening? How can I be involved? What's next? What are we doing as a church together? And so I just want to answer a lot of those questions and kind of lay it out for you and give the vision for the next several months, years down the road, and really what we see God doing uh, next. And so I would love for everyone who calls this place home, or even if you're just interested, come join us these next few weeks is, and really next week as we do Vision Sunday and kind of roll that out and give you the best ideas we have of, of the direction of everything uh, coming up. So today, so excited. Week one, we talked about the fundamentals of fun and kind of what fun's all about, what the Bible has to say about it. Last week, we talk, kind of talked about the theology of fun. Uh, this week, I want to talk about fun. And I want to talk about joy today. Uh, before we get into the message, we've been doing this every week in this series. This will be the last one, so maybe maybe I'll just do memes every week. But but uh, we, we, we did this thing when I was growing up called memory verses, and you had to memorize the scripture. And if you came back the next Sunday and didn't memorize it, you got condemned and judged by your school teacher, your, your Sunday school teacher, you know. So, so we're doing something a little more fun called memory verses, just showing you some memes. So I just want to show you some and laugh together. So even if they're not funny, laugh with me, okay? And so this one says, me after doing the Daniel Fast for three hours. Uh, fitness isn't just a hobby, it's a lifestyle, right? That's how I feel. Every year, beginning of every year, we do, do that. Like waking up for early service and missing early service because I'm staring at the wall debating if I should go to early service. That was some of y'all today. All right, next one. Me as a child, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to Lord, my soda keep, all right? Come on. That's the prayer you prayed when you were a kid, right? Here we go. Me, if Sunday after church naps were an Olympic sport, I would be the gold medalist. I would be the goat, the greatest of all time. Could I get a witness from Mark? Thank you. Okay, here we go. This is me for real. If the devil tends to be in the wilderness, hey, have you tried any cheese, okay? Specifically fried cheese. They, they would, he would have me, okay? Um, Post a Bible verse about humility 10 minutes later, checks to see how many likes I have, right? <laughs> You've done it. You've done it. All right. If you're having a men's ministry barbecue and no one dressed like this, don't invite me. For real. Like, don't, like, that's how you know it's going to be good, right? Here we go. Meal begins. Friends, let's pray. Me. Come on. Who's been, who, who is that person? Let's be honest. Come on. Show some hands in church. Next. Put a new sign in the youth room to encourage my students. <laughs> you, don't, you don't matter. Give up. <laughs> No, I think it's supposed to say, okay. Two types of kids volunteers. Honestly, we'll take any of them. So what, whichever one you are, we'd love to have you serve in, in kids ministry and join that team. My favorite one, how much money do you have in your wallet right now? Okay, everybody said none, none, <laughs> none. All right, thank you. Thank you for laughing at that. That was my favorite one. <laughs> hey, here's why I'm doing this series is because I want to bring a little joy into our lives. And I want God, more specifically, to bring some joy into our lives, some fun. I believe we are living in a time when everybody's offended and, and upset and, and grumpy and, and, you know, we're critical of others and we complain and, 
we're overwhelmed, and I get it. Like, life is tough. Life is hard. There's some really hard stuff, and we got stress, and we've got our pasts, and we've got pain, and we've got, you know, we've got relationship problems. We've got money problems. We've got work problems. We've got the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, and I understand that life is hard, and I think that we just got so serious. Um, we, we've forgotten how to have fun. We've forgotten how to laugh. I mean, one of the greatest things just this last few weeks, I had somebody tell me last week when they left, they said, my, my face hurts from smiling so much. It's, it's been so much fun and, and just that levity of heart, man. There's something about that. And, and, and today I want, I want to talk a little more because I, I, think that, I think that we've lost fun, even as church people, man. If you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. We weren't allowed to have fun in church. I remember when I was a teenager, we went to this youth conference got invited to and went to it, and, and uh, it was, you know, I went with some of my cousins, and, and we went to this thing, and, and they, they put us up in a Hampton Inn, right, and uh, feeling like we're big ballers in the Hampton Inn, you know, and, and we're hanging out, and, and after the conference, we walked by, we noticed a swimming pool. Now, how many of y'all know that swimming pools for teenagers like crack? It's like, I got to give me some of that, you know, so I got to get the swimming pool, you know, so like you, you got to get, so we wanted to go to the swimming pool, so we didn't have any swimsuits, so we just, we just wore our, we had shorts and t-shirts, so it's like me and a couple of my cousins, the guys, a couple of girl cousins, and we decided to just wear our clothes and go swimming together in there, and, and um, you know, we're in there splashing around, having fun, and then all of a sudden, this, this lady, she, she walks by and she looks. I was like, what? What's she looking at? She, and she, you, you could just tell she's mean. How many you know? You see those religious people, you can just tell she's mean, right? She, she's got some, she's just looking mean. And she looks and she's walking by that window like we're animals in a zoo, just pacing and like looking at it like, what? And so she finally comes in and she goes, what are you, what are you guys doing? She, I'm like, well, we're just swimming. And Marco Polo, I don't know. We're just having, we're having fun in here. And she says, don't you know that the Bible says that you're not supposed to mix bathe? It's like, mix bathing? We ain't taking bass in here. There's no, <laughs> there's no Irish spring in here. We got our clothes on. We're good. He's like, no, no, boys and girls can't swim together. I'm like, they're cut. We're cousins. Then I realized she was from Arkansas, and I was like, that's probably not the best thing to say, okay? And so that's <laughs> <laughs> that's inappropriate. Okay, whatever. And so, <laughs> so she's like, well, what church do you go to? So we told her the church we were there with. Man, the lady called our pastor. He had to come over and yell at us for having fun. And, and we, we were just, we told her, hey, we're just out, out, out here to have fun. She goes, you're not here to have fun. Like, oh, okay, that's good. And I think a lot of churches have been like that. You're not here to have fun. Listen, listen it's okay to have fun. It's okay to enjoy life. It, it, it's okay, man. And I think sometimes we even, we feel guilty for having fun, for enjoying this life that God has given us. I want to show you this scripture. It's been kind of the cornerstone of this whole series in Ecclesiastes um, chapter 8, verse 15. Let me read you the word of God, not the word of Seth, not just, you know, the word. This is the word of God, okay? Look at it. It says this, God says, so I recommend, everybody say recommend. This is God's recommendation, okay? God says, I recommend having fun having fun. Because there is nothing better. Everybody say nothing better. There is nothing better for people in this world to eat, drink, and enjoy life. Go to the next part here. Look what it says. It says, that way you will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives you under the sun. God's like, yeah, it can be hard. Got a lot of work to do. You know, life can be heavy. Good stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. It can be hard. But if you really want to enjoy it, listen, lighten up. Have a little fun. Enjoy life. I love that he says at the beginning, he says, I recommend. 
This is God's recommendation. I'll say it this way. It's God's recommendation, but it's our choice. He recommends it, but we have to choose it. You ever been to a restaurant you've never, never been before, and you like, look at the menu, you're like, man, I don't know what to get here, you know? And then so you're like, we're looking for some recommendations. Now, nowadays, we just go to Yelp, and we're looking on Yelp and see what's, what's good, you know? But, 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 you know, we haven't always had that. So you, well, you, you had to ask the waiter or the waitress. And, and, and that's never a good person to ask because they're just going to tell you the most expensive thing on the menu, right? Because they're like, they're trying to get that tip money, you know what I'm saying? So they, they're going to, no, but... Um, you don't ask the waiter or waitress, and here's the other person, you don't ask your skinny friend at the table either, right? Hey, what should I get? Oh, it looks like they have a nice kale and green salad with a vinaigrette. You should get that. Like, what? Unless kale is a new kind of bacon, and vinaigrette is a new word for ranch, I'm not interested, okay? And so, (laughs) I'll tell you who you do ask for a recommendation. You ask the chef, because they made it, and they know what's good. Or you ask your big bone friend. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, your big you ask your, I, By the way, I am your big bone friend. I'm happy to help out, right? This week, one of our staff was, was flying in the airplane. She, and I said, I said, where are you going? She told me. I said, where's your layover? She said, Dallas. I go, okay. I said, what airline are you flying on? She goes, um, she goes uh, American. I go, okay, that, that means you're going to DFW. Because I've, I've flown American quite a bit. So, that means, so I said, uh, are you going the 7 o'clock flight? She said, yeah. I go, okay. So they're going to drop you off at Terminal A. I say, here's what you do, okay? You, you walk off. I said, how long you got? She said, about 45 minutes. I go, here's, here's what you do. You walk off the plane, get off as fast as you can. You're going to walk across the hall, go down two gates, okay? There's going to be a place called Papacito's Cantina, okay? Now, if you don't know about Papacito's, I'm sorry for you. I said, there's going to be a place called Papacito's Cantina. I said, how long you have? She said, 45 minutes. I said, you don't have enough time for fajitas, okay? It's going to take a minute. But here's what you do. You order a quesadilla, all right? They're going to roll out the quesadilla, ask for this extra little garlic butter on the side, dip that quesadilla and the garlic butter put it in your mouth, you are going to have the best day of your life. <laughs> She's like, how, 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 do you, how, how do you know? Well, this didn't happen on accident, okay? Like, it just, that's how I know, you know? Because I've been there before, and I know, what, I know what's good there. Listen, when you're looking for a recommendation, ask someone who's been there. Better yet, ask someone who created it. God created your life. He created this world. He created all of it. God, the creator, says, listen, if you want to enjoy this thing, if you want some happiness along the way, have some fun. It's his recommendation, but look at this. It's our choice. You have to make the choice to do that. Here's what I want you to know, your big idea. Write this down. That enjoying life and having fun is a choice. It's a choice that we have to make. I want to talk for just a few minutes about this choice of enjoying life. See, I believe there's a good chance you're here today and you've just been enduring life. I'm going to say that again. Probably a good chance you're here today and you've just been enduring life. God doesn't want you simply to endure life. God wants you to enjoy life. And the first thing you say is, like, well, I can't enjoy life. I can't have fun. Like, my life is so busy. It's so crazy. It's so this. It's so that. I got this going on. Here's the first thing I want you to know when it comes to choosing fun, when it comes to choosing to enjoy life. Number one, I want you to know that the choice to enjoy life is independent from your current conditions. The choice is independent. It does not depend on your current conditions. 
Now, every morning in the Bald Cell home, we have a little bit of a routine. We get up, and we, we have the coffee. Then we have more coffee. Then a little extra coffee because we love the coffee, right? And so have us a little coffee, and, and we turn on NBC because I am brand loyal to NBC. And so turn on NBC, and we see us some uh, – we, 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 <laughs> I love turning on Today's Show. Dun, dun, dun. Makes me so happy. And then, then Al Roker. Man, I love me some Al Roker. Could I get a witness for Al Roker? He, man, he's just my man. I love Al Roker. He had hip surgery thinking about you, Al. Okay, so like <laughs> – I love Al Roker. Like, one of my dreams in life is to hang out with Al Roker. Actually, my dream is to hang out with Al Roker and Justin Timberlake at the same time. That's a weird dream, I know, but I think, I think the three of us would just really hit it off, okay? So, <laughs> I, I call myself an Al Rokeaholic. I'm going to make a sign someday. I'm an Al Rokeaholic, and he's going to come over and be my best friend. Okay. So every day we watch Al Roker, right? And he's like, he's like hey, here's what's going on in the country. Then he always says, and here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Come on, my people, right? Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Then it flips over to Channel 5. My man, Scott Connell. I also love me some Scott Connell, the weatherman. He, and he goes, currently, your current conditions are, and he says the current conditions, right? And so we listen to the current conditions, and we adjust our day based off the current conditions. We base our day off the conditions of the day. We, we pick our clothes off the conditions of the day. We, we decide how early we should start our car to warm it up or to cool off based off the conditions of the day. Now, listen, it's okay to determine your clothes when it comes to the conditions of the day. It's not okay to determine your joy when it comes to the conditions of your day. The conditions of the day, the conditions of right now, should not determine your joy. Could I tell you that if you are waiting for the perfect conditions... The perfect current conditions to choose to be happy, to choose to have joy, to choose to have fun, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. Those perfect current conditions don't come around very often. If you're waiting for the perfect conditions, you're going to be waiting a while. I believe that we have a choice to make. In this life, we can choose to either be a thermometer or a thermostat. Now, a thermometer is something that is influenced by the atmosphere that's around it. A thermometer lets the atmosphere define it, right? A thermometer lets the atmosphere define it, but a thermostat, the thing that's on your wall that you program, you know, press in, that we all turned our heat on the last couple of days, at least we did, you know, like, a thermostat, some of y'all have been having arguments now in your house. I can just sense it by the Holy Spirit right now. you having arguments in your house. Some one of you is like, turn it on. The other one's like, it's not, am I right? Okay, so... <laughs> A thermostat, listen, it defines the atmosphere. It does not let the atmosphere define it. And I believe you have that choice to make. It doesn't matter what you're walking through, what the atmosphere is, what your current conditions are. We have to be a thermostat and we have to change the atmosphere. I've seen so many people do this in their lives that are going through pain. I've seen my wife do it, dealing with chronic illness and pain and hurt and just becoming a thermostat. And saying, you know what, yeah, it hurts, and yeah, the current conditions aren't great, but I'm going to choose to enjoy. I'm going to choose to have fun. In Acts chapter 16, there's this story with Paul and Silas. Two guys that were doing the work of the ministry, doing the work of God. And it says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money by her master, for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the, look at this, he turned and said to the demon in her, 
I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And instantly it left. It says her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them through uh, before the authorities to, at the marketplace. Verse 20 says, the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Verse 22 says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. Now, I know you feel like you've had some bad days, but you probably haven't had a mob out for you, right? They're doing the right thing. They're doing good work. All of a sudden, there's a mob. Now, check this out. It gets worse. A mob formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped. That means naked, folks, right? Stripped naked in public and beaten with wooden rods. That's a bad day. Would you agree? And then they were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison, and then the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape, and then the jailer put them in the inner dungeon. That's like solitary. That's the bad place. Filthy in inner dungeon and clamp their feet in stocks. That's a bad day. Those are not great conditions. Would you agree? Man, somebody didn't like my Facebook post and it's been so tough. Okay, okay. Right? And our water bill was like $20 higher. Oh my God. Like, okay. Were you beaten? You know, like, so, so these are some bad, these are some bad situations, right? Some bad conditions. But I love this. It says in verse 25, around midnight in the middle of that, Midnight's the dark time, right? Around in the dark, when they're probably feeling alone and they're the lowest. Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises, singing hymns to God. Isn't that unbelievable? Talk about bad conditions. But in the middle of those conditions, they said, you know what? It's not going to, our conditions isn't going to determine our joy. Our conditions isn't going to determine our praise. So they praised anyway. You know what that is? That is an attitude. That's an attitude of, you know, it doesn't matter what happens or what's going on in my life. My attitude is I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to enjoy life. I'm going to choose fun. This is what my choice is going to be. Listen, number two, this choice is an attitude. Listen, you can't always determine your atmosphere, but you can always control your attitude. You can't always control your atmosphere, but you can always control your attitude. And it is, it's important to have the right attitude. And here's why. Listen, hear, hear this when I say this. Because your mood and your mindset will impact how God can use you. I'm going to say that again. Somebody needs to hear that. Your mood and your mindset, your attitude, it will impact how God uses you. And it will impact your impact on this world. I can prove it to you. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 talks about having the same attitude as Christ. It talks about our attitude. Look what it says in Philippians 2, 14. It says, do everything. Everybody say everything. Hey, you know what? You're like, listen, you can go study that word in the Greek and, you know, look at all the technicalities. You know what it means? It means everything. All things. That's what it means. Do everything without complaining and arguing. I could probably just drop the mic, walk off stage, be like, work on that for the next few years, okay? Let me read that again. Do everything. Well, not everything, because there's just one thing in my life without, I want to complain. Okay, hold on. Everything. Yeah, but even the thing that happened, yeah, everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you because it determines your impact in the world. 
Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. You are the brightest light whenever you refuse to complain and argue. That's when you're the brightest. Verse 17, I'm going to skip down to verse 17. It says, but instead of this, he's, Paul says, I'm going to rejoice. That word rejoice means I'm going to choose to be glad. Instead of complaining and arguing and being sad and down and I'm defeated, instead of that, I'm going to choose to be glad even if I lose my life, even in the worst circumstances, even if I get beaten, even if I'm stripped naked in public, I'm going to choose to be glad. I'm going to choose to rejoice, pouring my life out like a drink offering to God, just like your faithful serving is an, service is an offering to God. He says, I want all of you to share joy. To share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice. Should, yes, you should rejoice. You should choose gladness. And I will share your joy. Listen, it would change your world if you decided every day, I'm going to choose to be glad. I'm going to choose to have fun. I'm going to choose to be light. I'm going to choose to be joy. Saying, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be down. My attitude's going to be one of positivity and encouragement. I'm not going to complain about the bills. Instead, I'm not going to complain about the bills. Instead, I'm going to rejoice that I have enough money to pay for almost all of them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to complain about my kids. Because I'm going to rejoice that God has given me the gift of being a parent and the gift of children. I, I'm not going to complain about my schoolwork. I'm going to rejoice that I live in a place and live in a country where I can get an education so God can use that to better me. I'm, going to, I'm not going to complain about my coworkers or my boss. Instead, I'm going to rejoice that I have a job to go to. I'm not going to complain about what one person did to me in the past. I'm going to rejoice for all the good things that a lot of people do to me now. Right? You know what that is? It's flipping the script of your attitude and your mindset. It's saying, I'm going to choose to have this attitude. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be down. Man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord as my strength. It's an attitude that we have to have. It will determine your impact in this world. Listen, God can use a lot of things, but one of the things God can't use is a sour spirit. God can use a lot of things. One of the things he can't use is a sour spirit. We're called to be salt and light. Bring light to the world. Bring, salt makes things taste better. Light makes things brighter. That's who we're called to be. And you'll be like, well, you know, I'm actually enjoying life, but, you know, I'm just kind of a serious person, and maybe you just can't tell that I'm enjoying life. Listen, I like it. You're selling it, but I'm not buying it. Because the truth is, if you really have joy, you can see it on the outside. This choice, number three, it's shown on the outside. This choice is shown on the outside. Listen, joy has a look. Enjoying life has a look. Fun has a look. Happy has a look. If I came up to you, let's say you were having a party, and you were having, you know, papacitos fajitas. <laughs> I'm just hoping somebody would do that, you know. So let's say you were having a party, and you had some fajitas, and you're like, hey, come to my party. I would say, absolutely. And so we would be there, and we'd be hanging out. And what if I came up to your party and be like, hey, this party's really great. Really love your party. I'm, I'm having the best time. So much fun. So much fun. So good. Would you believe me? No. You know why? Because I don't look happy. Because happy has a look. It has a smile, right? This choice actually 
it's, it's, it's shown on the outside. You want to know how to have fun? Let me give you just a really easy start, and we'll get to some deeper stuff. One of the really easy starts to have fun is to smile. Have fun on your face. Proverbs 15.30, look at it. It says, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. I mean, a cheerful look. You know what a cheerful look is? It's this. It's a cheerful look. It brings joy to the heart, right? Your face can change things. You know, it's funny. Um, we, we, you know, when we travel, I kind of joke about this thing, and, and, and I, I kind of say it boastfully, honestly, sometimes, uh, which is sinful now that I'm saying it out loud. Uh, so <laughs> just being real. And so I always talk about how whenever we travel, I have upgrade favor, okay? So like when we travel, often, like most of the time, anywhere you go, and a lot of you guys have been places with me, like things that happen, right? Like Brandon, we go in first class. Like just that stuff just happens, you know? And so like uh, it's, it's great, and, and we love it, you know? So like when we went to see uh, Daniel uh, to, to see their church launch a few weeks ago, I rented the cheapest car possible, right? Because I am a baller on a budget. So I rented the cheapest car possible, and we get to the counter, and I go to get my, my two-door little whatever, mini Prius something, you know? And, and, and baby, here's what I do. Every time I'm at a counter or talking to somebody, you know what I do? Even if I've had a bad flight, I do this. I smile. And I go, hey, how's your day going? Because here's, here, here's a secret. The guy in front of you just cussed at him and yelled at him, and, you know, so you just go, how's your day going, man? Man, you know, I, I bet you, I bet it's been a long day for you. What time do you get off? Oh, man, you still got a wife. Hey, you know what? You're doing a great job. Just some kindness. Have some, have some fun on your face, you know? Like, how, how can I help you? Well, I'm here to pick up a car. You know, whatever car you want to give me is great. You know, I'm just, I'm easy, whatever you got, you know? And just, and just smile. Like, what, what can I do to make your job easier? Can I tell you, like this last time we went to get like the two-door or whatever, the cheap mini version economical thing, we drove off the lot with a, with a, with a brand new Infiniti SUV, like the biggest one they have for free. Upgrade favor. You know why? Because I smile. And I'm nice and I'm kind. Listen, you want to upgrade your life? Learn how to smile. There's this thing that we say in our culture. It's called RBF. You're like, are you talking about this in church? Well, we're, the series is called WTF, so let's just go with it, you know? It's this thing called RBF. I don't know what it stands for. I think it stands for, like, resting butt face. I don't know what it stands for. Anyway, so <laughs> I haven't figured it out. But, but <laughs> resting bad face, I'm not sure. Um, but... <laughs> I'm going to give you something new. How about RFF, resting fun face? Let's have a resting fun face, man. We walk into places and smile. When we go to Walmart, we're going to see somebody that we don't know. You know what I do? I walk in with my resting fun face. I'm just smiling to everybody. How you doing? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm your pastor. No, I'm going to smile at you. We're friends, you know. Just smile. Resting fun face. Come on. Take, take control of your face. Well, I don't feel like smiling. Okay. Well, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Your face is part of yourself. Control it. <laughs> Right? Now you're like, well, it can't be that easy. Well, you know, it, it, it is a fruit, in the, fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's what I want you to know about the fruit of the Spirit. That comes from in here. Now, now it may be shown out here, but it comes from in here. So this choice, number four, this choice comes from the inside. Now, it's shown on the outside, and we can do that. We can smile. We can bring some, some laughter and some fun. And... It's shown out here, but it comes from in here. Let me just be real with you for the next three minutes. If you came in here today and you're, you're missing this joy, 
And, and here's why I wanted to do this series. Because I just get a sense there's people missing joy. There's people not enjoying their life. You're just enduring your life. You're not enjoying your life. You're not having a lot of fun. If that's you, listen, I want to give you a couple really practical things. A couple truths. If you came in here and you need a joyful spirit, you need a fun spirit, there's probably one of two culprits. Now listen. One or two culprits. Either there's something in you that needs to come out of you or there's something that's out of there that needs to come in there. Now, I'm going to explain that. There could be something in you that needs to come out of you. I'm going to say a word that's not popular to talk about in church, and that word's sin. There could be some sin in your heart, some sin in your life. Now, I, I don't want to just be like, hey, you're a sinner, and you need to get it right. Listen, this is between you and God, but I want the best for your life. Because sin can destroy your relationship with God, but it also can destroy you. I'm, I'm going I'm to read you. From Psalm 32, David writes, and David's a man who knows all about sin. He knows about joy. He knows about depression. He knows about up. He knows about down. Psalm 32, 1 through 5 says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Whose sin is put out of sight. Verse 2 says, yes, what joy for those whose record of record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Here's what he says, man, it feels so good. Man, it feels so good when you get the sin out of your life, when you put it out, when you confess it, when God delivers, removes that guilt. He's like, it feels so good. So much joy there, so much happiness, so much more fun when you're in that place. But but look, look what David says. He goes, when I refuse to confess my sin, he says, when it was there and when I was hiding it and I refused to confess it or deal with it, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy. There was a heaviness on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. But he says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me, and my guilt is gone, and the joy is back? Could it be that there's something in you that needs to come out of you? And then that needs to be replaced. Replace with what? Replace with the Spirit of God. Because joy is a fruit, it's evidence of the Spirit of God inside of you. There's something that needs to come out of you, there's something that needs to come into you. And here's why I say that, because this is why we need Jesus, because he's the only one that can do both of those. The only way you can be forgiven, delivered, remove the guilt of your sin is Jesus. You cannot pay for your own sins. You cannot repent enough on your own. It's all about Jesus. He pays the price for our sin. He paid the penalty for our sin. So we need Jesus. And then we need the spirit of God that lived in Jesus. Romans 8. Romans 8 says that the spirit lives in us once we've been made right with God. So once we repent, we put our trust in Jesus, our sin has been removed, we confess it, then it says that the Spirit has been put in us when we're made right with God. It's about what needs to come out of us and it's about what needs to come into us. And check this out. Once we get to that place where we understand we have been forgiven. Listen, if your faith is in Jesus, you need to understand your sin has been forgiven. Maybe there's some confession that needs to take place. You need to get it out in the open. You need to get honest with God about it. But listen, when you do that, oh, what joy for those whose guilt has been removed. 
for those who finally got honest about their sin. Put your faith in Jesus, our trust in Jesus. We confess to Jesus. And then we just understand and we accept that we have the Spirit of God in us, that we have the promises of God on our life, that we have a Savior who loves us and he lives in us, and, and we have a hope that's beyond this world, and we have a home that's not here. We have a hope for all eternity. And we can hold on to that truth, and you know what it does? It starts to, starts to bring joy into our life. And we can rejoice because of who we are and because of what Jesus has done in us and because of who he is. We can start to rejoice. And then... And then that, joy, that rejoicing, Here, here's what that is. It's taking that truth and it's turning that truth into praise. It's taking the truth of what God's done, what Jesus has done, who he is and who we are now. And it's turning it into praise. Number five, this choice to choose to enjoy life, to choose to have fun, it starts with praise. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you've delivered me. Thank you, Jesus, that you've set us free. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you for who you are and for what you've done. In Acts 16, I want to read you the rest of the story. So I read you the beginning, right? So Paul and Silas are in prison, and they start singing, and they start praising. Check this out. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymn. They were singing praises to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. Some of us in here need a suddenly moment. You've been living heavy. You've been living overwhelmed. You've been living sad. and need a, need a suddenly moment. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. They found their freedom they found their way out of prison whenever they found their praise. They found their freedom. They found their way out of prison whenever they found their praise. You'll find your joy. You'll find your fun. You'll find your peace whenever you find your praise. It's taking the truth of who God is and what he has done in your life and the promises that we have and the hope that we have and we start thanking him for it and we turn around and we praise him and you'll start to find it. You'll start to find your joy. You'll to find your freedom. You'll start to find the lightness, levity of heart. I believe that somebody in here just needs to get their praise back. You've lost your praise. Listen, and it could be that somebody in here, you come in here and you know how to worship forgot to praise lifting up holy hands praising him listen whenever you choose to praise it will change you on the inside and here's why because the Bible says I will enter his gates with thanksgiving I'll enter his courts with praise and so access to God is always prefaced by praise so we praise and it, it, and it gives us access to God. And when we get God, we get his spirit, right? It starts to change us from the inside. That's why Psalm 100 says, shout to the Lord, all the earth. It doesn't say like, stand there and clap, clap quietly. Like, shout to the Lord. Like, praise God, all the earth. Worship with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Isaiah 66, 61, 3 gives a promise. If we're mourning, that he will crown, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, joyous blessings instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. When we choose to praise. 
I want us to take a few moments and we're going to sing a song. And it's called Raise the Hallelujah. And that word hallelujah, hallel, is the Hebrew word for praise. And then Yah is Yahweh. Praising, I raise the hallelujah. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. I praise you. It will start to change you on the inside. You will start to show it on the outside. And you will have this attitude of enjoying life, this attitude of joy. And then it won't matter what conditions are, what you're going through. The joy doesn't come from there. The joy comes from here. It starts here. Worship and pray. That's why we start with praise and worship every week. It's not just a religious thing. It's a, it's a, it's a God thing. Start with praise. Approach God because we need Him. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. When we were down here singing earlier, I was praying, just worshiping. I I just kind of had this this vision. And and I saw, I closed my eyes and I saw the map of our city. And the map was very black and white map was very bleak. I kind of saw an overhead view of our city and it was, it was dark. And I turned around and I started seeing y'all praise. I turned back around, closed my eyes, and I started seeing, and the more we praised, I started seeing this black and white turn to color. I started seeing like the sun come up and light start to encroach upon our city. And it was as if the Lord was saying, you want to bring life and light to this city? Come on, we're hope, hope for the city one heart at a time. You want to bring hope and the life, the joy of the Lord to this city. It starts here with our praise. The more we praise, the more life comes in the city. You want to know how our city is going to change? It starts right here with our praise. Listen, that's why we come in and we don't worship just like this. We worship like this. It starts with our praise. I will enter his gates. I will will enter his courts, his presence with praise. And the more we praise, I really believe, word from God, the more we praise, the more the light and the life will come and sweep over our city. God, we're going to take these next few moments and we're going to shout hallelujah. We're going to shout to you. We're going to sing to you. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. We're going to do exactly what Psalm 100 says. We're going to shout to the with joy to the Lord. Worship with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. This choice starts with praise. And what happens in here is going to change our inside, but it's going to change what happens on the outside. It's going to change our world. It's going to impact our city, our community. God, meet us here in these next few moments. God, I pray for the person here who's been struggling with depression, anxiety, who's overwhelmed, who hasn't felt much joy. Right now, we just repent of our sin. Whatever sin that we have hidden in our heart, we repent of it. We're honest with you. We want it clean. We want it gone. What joy for those whose sins have been forgiven, whose guilt has been let go. We're going to release it, and we're just going to ask for your Holy Spirit just to come invade this place, invade our hearts, fill us up so we can be full of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We love you. Meet us here. In Jesus' name.